0: I'm Zivvy Owens, and you're listening to the Webby nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please also check out my other podcast, Kids Do Have Time to Read Books. I'm on Instagram at Zivie Owens, and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, and at Kids Do Have Time to Read. So please follow me. And if at any time you have suggestions, my email is zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much to my latest sponsor, the Mermaid Pillow Company, mermaidpillowco.com. They make these amazing pillows with sequins on the back and positive messages on the front. And they now even make custom pillows and blankets. It's an amazing company. And if you enter the code Zibby, Z-I-B-B-Y, you will get 10% off, which is super cool. So please check them out, mermaidpillowco.com. Welcome again, Sherry, <laughs> Mom, it's not time to read books. Take two. <laughs> Hi,
1: everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: I'm so happy you're here. This oh my is so gosh, fun. It's an
1: honor, you've had all the big authors on this show. Oh, thanks. And you. I'm just, I'm just a little first timer with my, my little publication day today, but I'm so happy to be here.
0: It's so special to interview you on hey. your pub day, so hey. thanks for making the time today. It's really awesome. And for showing me how to set up this little tripod so we can now have video as well as audio
1: like up close and personal. I mean, look at this room. My goodness.
0: <laughs> now we have gorgeous. a view of the door. This but- is a
1: dream room. Oh,
0: thank you. Um, so, The Beautiful No. Tell me about this book. I know because I read it, but tell listeners... How did you come up with the idea for this book? What inspired you to write it? What is it really about?
1: Really, what inspired me to write it was a conversation that I had with my publisher, who's also my editor, Karen Rinaldi at Harper Wave. And she felt like I had something to say, and then I had a story to tell. And certainly, I had had a front row seat to all the most prolific wisdom keepers of our time. Um, I had the ride of my life, and I found myself at 56 realizing that, you know, with with a rough, rocky start in my 20s, but by 35, I had finally manifested the beginnings of the career of my dreams. And at 56, the the reckoning I had to do was that I hadn't manifested the life of my dreams. And um, one, one area, being someone else's something, someone's mother, someone's employee, uh, someone's spouse or partner that does not a full life make, and so I had to have a real, um, a real moment with myself, and I had to say, "Listen, I deserve to live the life of my dreams. Nobody knows more about making dreams come true than me. Live your best life. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it's fine. It's high time I start doing that. And that's that's kind of what the book is about. It's lots of stories." on my adventures along the way, um, the little, little gems, little gems that I've, um, you know, put in my treasure box, things that have become my spiritual foundation, and the beginning of a reimagination of the middle of life.
0: And I loved how when you were writing it, I could really see you. You'll, you'll be like, I closed my journal, and I, that was enough for today. And then, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was in it with you, like you were yes. using the book. Help yourself and we got to sort of come along with you.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. So I'm so glad. I mean, you know, here's the truth. I um and I and and I I come to this conversation with you filled with humility. And I'm really only talking to myself. Um when we have I have a conversation like this, when like with you, or even when Nance and I talk to people on our podcast, I'm inspiring myself. This this is all I want to talk about. How do we elevate our lives? How do we have that full-on joy ride that all of us are dreaming of? What are the little practices we can put in every day that are that's really going to catapult us to that life of our dreams we say we want to live? And I need inspiration. I need r- reminders. I need tools. I need to make this conversation part of my everyday vibrational atmosphere. So, I'm really just having the conversation with myself. And well, I'm, um, I'm just going to eavesdrop on your conversation with. I know. I'm just going to
0: be a fan. I know. And, and uh, what it
1: does, though, is it, it's so unbelievable to me how it just lands on other women. It's almost like. It's almost like we're so all in this together. And we just need somebody to say, okay, I know I had the big, crazy, glamorous, fabulous job, but it's not enough. And I didn't make all the right choices. And I don't always put myself first. And I'm shitty at boundaries. And I need to to really learn how to love and treasure myself so the second half of my life— are even more glorious days than the ones I've already lived,
0: and then at during this book, you somehow discover this new business of yours, this yeah. launch, which I love how you just like kind of yeah. wove it in and now yes. it's like this whole big thing. so yeah. tell me about um the the pillar life's beginnings and yeah,
1: so Nancy Halla is uh, uh, one of my BFFs for 30 years. She was she was my pal in Chicago. She was like the Friday night Chardonnay friend. We had our own two-person little book club, yep. which you'll appreciate. I appreciate it. We'd go to Barbara's Bookstore in Old Town. We'd get our, our book signed, Kay Gibbons, Wally Lamb. That, those were the days. And then we'd go have our Chardonnay, and we'd have a chat. And, you know, I, she was married. I was single. So when men would come up to buy us drinks, we'd be like, away with you, sir. We're having our <laughs> book, book club. So crazy. Uh, um, so she and I were, were both at this crossroads that I had had the big, huge job and very little else. She was a freelance business writer and who had raised these two fantastic kids, but we both had similar longings. Like, wow. Wow. What if this is only halfway? What are we doing with ourselves now? Mm -hmm. You know, are we, are we like retiring? Are we like, is this all we get? Because we both want soulmate love and we, and we both want like health and vitality and wellness. And we both want a really solid spiritual foundation. And, um, even though our our dream lives look different, we, we decided that we were going to shift our relationship to become super intentional, we were going to inspire each other and support each other and uplift each other and that that was going to be our business. We were going to literally feel figure out a guidance system to help us stay on track for everything that we said we wanted and that's when the pillar life was born. Wow I know it was so crazy so now you have all on the, you have a
0: whole website yeah. You have all your pillars spelled out. Yes, yes, we do. Which I feel like some, I don't know, I was looking, I'm like, do I get to pick and choose what I need help with?
1: (laughs) Here's what I know for sure. I mean, oh my God, I can't (laughs) believe I just said that. (laughs) A little tribute to Oprah. But after many, 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 many fits and starts in my life and trying everybody's programs, like I had closet full of books and programs and memberships and things. And what I've realized now, and, and, you know, this may seem fairly obvious once I say it, but nobody else's program is uh, is going to just work for me. Mm-hmm. I need to be the creator of my own program. And, and I'll take bits of wisdom from you and you and you and and this piece, this, this tip, this practice. I'll try this. I'll sample things. But at the end of the day, at a certain point, we all have to become the experts of our own lives. We have to. There's nobody else that are, that's going to come in as much as I wanted it, as much as I prayed for it, as much as I searched and searched and searched for the expert who is going to be the expert on me. Nobody is. So that must mean that I'm supposed to be. And that is really the shift that I made three years ago.
0: And now you're helping others. And you even have this whole workbook I saw where you can craft your dream quest. Yes. And it's like so action-focused. And it sounds like you just want to help people through what you've been through, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. If it's valuable to other people, I say, say, read the book, download the free companion workbook. And if if the language resonates with you, if it stirs your spirit, then maybe it'll be super helpful.
0: And do you find yourself at all sliding into some of the other habits with your... Big old job with Oprah and the whole rest of it now that you're focused on this. Like
1: totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's it's, you know, um one of the things that I think really caused a lot of struggle for me and caused a lot of of unhappiness, quite frankly, was the idea that I was gonna sort this out perfectly that every day I was going to be so perfect, but I could only hang on to perfection for this much time. And then, like, you know, two, three weeks, two months, six months, until I run the half marathon, and then it would all fall to pieces because I was almost white-knuckling it. And a couple things that I did that might be helpful to other people, but certainly is changing the game for me, is finding that tender voice that compassionate, understanding, tender voice and, and and using that voice in my head instead of the critical, you know, you're unworthy, you look really fat in that, that was a stupid thing to say, you know, you'll never do this. That voice that somehow gets automatic play when you don't pay attention to it. Totally. So tender voice and then really understanding that it's going to be a game of of net net meaning there are there's a month when I will make eight steps forward like everything is humming you know my meditation my plant-based eating my workouts are going great i am i'm easily able to reach for great feeling thoughts and stay in a really high energy mode and then all of a sudden i'll just be drowning in cheese and chardonnay <laughs> For two days. And but I but I used to do that for like long periods of time. So it's like two days. And I say, Oh gosh, it's so interesting. Gosh, I really don't feel that well by the second day. I'm I'm a little despondent. You know, things look a little blue or gray. And then I go, okay. So we made this many steps forward. We took three steps back, but it's a four-step gain. And if I'm gonna be unconscious, which I will be because I'm a human being, it's gonna be for two days. Not two years.
0: I had a similar sort of moment the other day. I've been trying to like, what happens if I don't eat a lot of sugar? And then of course, like, you know, I end up like, and I had a cupcake, right? And I was like, oh, I blew it. And I was like, oh my gosh, one cupcake. Do you know what I mean? Like last week I would have had like, Maybe three cupcakes. That's you know, right. And, th- and at least I ate it slowly. And like, you That's <laughs> right. it's like all about like, I don't the progress. I'm like, well, I would have had a lot more cupcakes last week. At least I had one. I don't for know. Sure. Every, every week no, is like for something sure. and else. And
1: also like, using being a little sweeter. Like, oh my goodness, don't be so silly. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's keep going. Yeah. Go have a glass of water.
0: Um, You had so many funny things in your book. You said that Waze for you is a world-class rut buster. Yes. And I love that. Can you explain that a little more?
1: Well, here's what I think happens to us. And if you're a little bit older, um, like in in, in your 40s and 50s, here's my cautionary note to one and all. You might not even know you're in a big, fat rut. Because I sure didn't. I had moved to a new city, L.A., And, and I, you know, had been doing this job at OWN for five years since the show had ended. I had no idea that I was in, you don't know you're in a rut because when you're in a rut, you've got canyony sides on either side of you. You've got to get out of your rut to go, oh my God, I was in a rut. And what was so funny in LA was I didn't know where I was going. I couldn't get from here to there without an app on my phone. Um, otherwise, I would it would have been old-fashioned with maps, paper maps out all over the place. But I didn't know where anything was.
0: I moved to L.A. after college, and I had a Thomas Guide. Do you even know what that is? No. It was a book with bound, spiral bound. Oh, my and God. And I would go, like, a few feet, and then I would pull over. And then I'd have to flip the page <laughs> of the Thomas Guide and get to another page on the map. And then I'd, like, get on the 10, and then I'd pull over. Oh, my gosh. You know what I'm saying. Now I'm like, this is the greatest invention. No.
1: Ever. No. And, and and the great thing about Waze is it never took me the same place the same way. Yes. So I was like, well, why aren't we going that way, Waze? And I'm like, okay. But I couldn't go the old way because I couldn't remember how to do it, so I'd have to go the new way. and And that's when I kind of realized, at a certain point, once you're out of your 20s, and if you have children, you're done having them, and you've had the first grade, the second grade, the third grade, all of a sudden there's not a whole lot new coming into your life. New experiences, and that that feeling of newness—that's the life force, my friends. That's the that's the oh my god, life is so delicious, and you you've got to feed yourself those new experiences. So that's when I you know ways got me thinking about that, and then I I signed up and I took an Italian class, and I I was the worst one. Um, I went to knife skills class at Sir La Table. I was the worst one, but what I could feel was in my brain. And in my, the energy of my body was now flowing more forcefully. I, I called it fresh joy. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, there's so much to do in life. In a way that I think that I was maybe like in a rut, maybe borderline depressed. Because it was just like, same old, same old. I make my coffee the same way. I drive to the store the same way. You know, I, my, my, I'm so... Habitual and patterned, I don't even realize how routinized I've made my life. Interesting.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. And tell me also about your passion for your English bulldogs because you had this great chapter in the book yeah. about all. Is about
1: this a Kissy? bad topic? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now it's a good one. Yeah, I wrote about Kissy, Kissy the underdog. Um, I have two English bulldogs, Bella, who I adopted when she was a baby. She was 11 weeks old, and and then uh, two years later, I adopted her mother. There was this, a series of coinkydinks and mystical things that happened. And she was really like, a, a a farm animal. She wasn't, you know, not, not, um, you know, a, a puppy mill, but it was, a, she was a farm animal. She wasn't a, a pet. So all of a sudden there I had that, I was the EP of the Oprah show and I have this farm animal that I have to help become a real princess. And, um, and, and I you love
0: know, how you asked a doctor if he could do plastic surgery for like her underarm. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, like it was too expensive or
1: whatever. No, the di- no. Yeah. Cause she arrived and, and all her nipples were dragging on the ground. And I was like, holy moly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even seen anything like this. And we live in the city. You know, what am I going right. to do? Strap her up with like a English bulldog puppy bra. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, this is so terrible. And when I asked the vet, um, are there are there any procedures that can be done? And the vet looked at me. She goes, "Well, that would be like a massive mastectomy." I go, "Well, that doesn't sound like that's a good thing to do to a dog." And you know, eventually, eventually, her body kind of sprang back into shape. But you know, for those of you who are animal people and and have and have pets, you know, my Bella and Kissy, I look at them as my little. My little Buddha Zen masters, they, they bring forth things in me that would not, that nobody else could. They just bring, there's always, wherever I go, when I'm with them, I'm always in a space of unconditional love, freely given from me and received from them. And even if I don't do that perfectly in my human relationships, that unconditionality, at least I have a way to surround myself with that full time. You should do a children's book, Bella and Kissy. Oh, my gosh, I should. Right? Wouldn't that be good? It would be amazing. I mean, they're super cute, too.
0: Yeah, like the mom and the the mom comes to visit. Yes. I don't know. I can, like, see the whole thing. Okay. (laughs) Good idea. Can come back to that later. (laughs) You had this great line— about the way that age 56 looks on different people, which I still think you could really do this for 42 because I feel like I can see the differences already. Um, You wrote, you can tell by the way we move, by the way we talk, and the language we use. You can tell by the way we dress. You can tell by our energy, the smile in our eyes, or the listless, exhausted state of disappointment. And what you're saying is how it looks different on everybody and how these are the things that make you tell people apart. And there's this whole, you've been to the ball and had your chance moment. It's right. just written on people's faces. How do you think people get there? And how can, I know this is, the pillars is sort of the answer right. to this, but how can you, when you're in it and you and have the walls yeah? and you know you're in this disappointed state, what are little things people can do?
1: Right. Well, first of all, I'm going to say to all of you who have human children that <laughs> I have enormous compassion for you because children truly do put you in a state of aging. Because you start with a little baby, and next thing you know, they're five feet, five feet, five, six feet tall, and you can't help but compare yourself on the human aging plane to them. So, you know, you're surrounded by proof that you're aging constantly. I can kind of forget about it. You know, Bella and Kissy look the same as they did 10 years ago. So I'm not as reminded constantly about that. So that's something to be aware of. But I would
0: also say, though, I'm so focused on my kids' aging that sometimes I don't look up. Like, I feel like sometimes with yes. my right, you're so looking down and you see other people and then you're like, oh my gosh, where's the last 12 years <laughs> right. gone? Well, right. Well, see,
1: that's another issue too. Right? Like, that's, oh that's my another Lord. <laughs> that's <another laughs> that's not how
0: I feel it. in my head. Right. I feel that's like right. I look like, you know, I'm 28, but... I know I not <laughs> Well
1: and, and here's the thing that I think is really interesting. you talk to women who are 85, they still feel like they're 25 too. yeah so, so that's so that is always going to be our state of being. but if you feel like you are one of those women who are um, kind of cloaked in disappointment, mm-hmm. you feel let down by life, you kind of feel like um, you're, you're out of gas, I would say this excavate, create, cast, create that, that tender voice and just begin to coax yourself to little practices, little things, little victories, little wins. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to stir the hope pot. You're trying to get the energy of a little bit of hope going in your life, because once you get that little bit of fire started, all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I could do this maybe i could make a new recipe maybe i could go for a walk after dinner maybe i could have four glasses of water gosh i feel so much better when i'm hydrated maybe i can take a hot bath maybe i can read a new book mm-hmm. all of a sudden those dreams they start they can start really small you know the recipe for failure is to is to just go so over the top that you feel like it's impossible creating more stress on yourself mm-hmm. just little bit of hope stirring you want to do And one thing leads to another. And pretty soon you're like, wow, what else can I do?
0: I feel like you revealed in your book that you had sort of been in denial of dealing with a lot of your own stuff for a very, very long time. Yes, you have this book that you have to write.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you think you were finally able to sort of access all the stuff that you had smushed down over the years? Like what let you at that point of life let it all Come out at one thing after, you know, like dealing with your yeah. the death of your brother and like yeah. all these horrible, you know, things yeah. that you just maybe didn't have the bandwidth to f- focus on at the
1: time or like grieve then, right. What let you do it then? Oh, there were so many things that I had been unconscious about or I had shelved or put in drawers for another day. I'll deal with that another day. You know, I had massive weight issues. I, um, The death of my brother, the sudden death of my brother, I completely compartmentalized and went in survival mode. Um, my mom was dying of cancer for five years during that as well. And I had a, a big, big job, so it was easy for me to use that job, mm-hmm. that all massive, beautiful, sparkly job, to go unconscious about everything else because at least I had that. Right. At least I have that. So the beginning of being willing to tenderly look at the rest of my life and say, "Okay, let's go," um, was was really a, a sense of a little bit of a sense of fear. Um, as Nancy and I were kind of crafting what our company, what our work together was going to be, we we both said, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. We believe that. And then kind of in parens, and if not now, when? Mm-hmm. If not now, when? And then for me, I, I would ruminate on that and I would keep saying that over my head. And I'd say, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. And if not now, when? And then I would whisper to myself, and if not now, maybe never, mm. because this is what we have. We have this now, yep. and and you kind of have to decide if you're feeling disappointment and a little broken and tired and kind of that that feeling of being out of gas, mm-hmm. and there is no more new for you. Let's let's say that you're lucky enough, and and you're 85 and 88 and 90. And oh my gosh, you just never want to say to yourself, why didn't I do that? Once, once I really had that decision and I I was willing to like become more conscious, why didn't I? Yeah. Um so that's kind of that's kind of like the the emotional background on how you can make that possible.
0: I recently read, I think it was Katie Arnold's memoir Running Home, but it was another book where they were dealing with their kids. And it was some horrible situation. And she says, "Someday we're gonna laugh about this." And the husband says, "It might as well be. It might as well be today." Yeah, like that's right. And so she thinks about that all the time. Like, right. why wait to laugh? Like, let's just make it. In that's the right. So it's just a different approach to yeah, the everyday moments.
1: You know, there's there's also something about when you're getting ready to like kind of take a good hard look. What are the griefs you haven't processed? So for me, it was my brother's death. I I was went into survival mode. Um he had four kids, a beautiful wife, my parents were devastated, and I had to go back to work mm-hmm. because it was season 24 of the Oprah show. And um I saved that chapter for last.
0: Interesting.
1: Because it wasn't writing a chapter about how I had processed something. Mm-hmm. It was I was going to have to write the chapter about him to process that grief. And I just kept putting it off. Like I'd be like, let's write that chapter about John today. And I'd be like, nope, not today. Not happening today. Not happening today. And finally, like I'm out of time. I have to sit down and I have to do it. And it was deep and dense and painful and cataclysmic as I knew it would be. But that's the ride to the other side. That's the ride to the other side.
0: I love that. It's so nice. Yeah. Um, Do you find time to read?
1: I do. When do you read? Oh, my gosh, I do. Well, I usually read a little bit. I read a little nonfiction before I go to bed. Um, I I don't want to get immersed in a huge story of fiction, except I did make an exception for City of Girls, Liz Gilbert's new book. She's a dear friend. Oh, it's such a good summer romp. It's it's fantastic. Um, and I'm reading everybody who shares a book birthday with me. Aww. I've been reading. I've been reading. Um, and that's it's been fun. There's, been, there's a little— Nicole, um, Nicola
0: Harrison and Lisa Barr
1: also have books that come out today. Oh, really? The Unbreakables and Montauk. Okay, I'm going to read those. So for book birthday— I'm going to read everybody on my, on my same book birthday. So, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying that. And I go back and reread. You do. That's I do. I, do. I, I go back and reread my favorites huh. over time. And I'm a big fan of the Gore Vidal series, the, the Lincoln series, the Civil War stuff. I'd love to read that. Wow. Impressive.
0: That's that's tough to read before bed.
1: Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> little bits. Little bits.
0: Um so what's coming next for you? Any other books? That's, You're going to write the children's book I
1: mentioned. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> what else? We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> after. You can guide me on it. I think that's a great idea. Um, I, You know, I'm going to enjoy this. Nancy and I have big plans for The Pillar Life. Excellent. Uh, we, we, we're putting together a proposal for a whole series of Pillar Life books mm-hmm. and kind of um, inviting in all these great experts that we've discovered for ourselves. And um, maybe I will. I just moved to a small town big city girl. I just moved to a small valley town and I'm planting my own crops and I might write about that. Who knows? I might do some writing about that. Our podcast is super fun. We love doing it. The Sherry and Nancy show. And, you know, people call and then I'm, I'm, I'm happy to consider opportunities and things. I feel like I finally understand that you can do what you love with people you love for people you love, and it can be super easy. Very inspiring.
0: <laughs> and do you have any advice to aspiring authors who are sitting down now to try to,
1: yeah, do what you did? Well, I, here will I will say to aspiring authors, this was very hard for me. like the the first year, um I, I was a year late on delivery. um that what it what it was changed about three times, and without the unwavering, compassionate heart of Karen Rinaldi, uh, my publisher. I probably would have just shelved the whole thing because, you know, I have my pr- producer, perfectionist, it's not, you know, thing. And I, I just kept getting um, a little jangled by how deep I had to go. I'm like, God, I'm going to feel like yeah. I don't have any skin on when I go no, walking around the world. No, but that's, made it, that's what
0: made it so good. I'm so glad. Yeah, that's, those are but the best I parts. I, when
1: skin, you- I skinned myself a little bit. So, yeah, so we'll see. That's awesome. Yay.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and for sharing your story with everybody.
1: Hi, moms. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm so, um I really, I'm so honored you asked me, and it was so great to be with everybody. Oh, you too. Thanks for coming. Yay.
0: Thanks again to my sponsor, Mermaid Pillow Co. MermaidPillowCo.com Slash Zibby, enter code Zibby for ten percent off. Thanks so much. Check out those really awesome giftable pillows and blankets. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and at Zibby Owens and my new podcast at Kids Do Have Time to Read. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.